0: that. I like that. I like a good lemon shirt. Not overly slimming, but they do look good. Uh, but this morning, we are looking at the color yellow. And yellow, uh, what it represents to us is this idea of uh, warning, attention, awareness. Uh, this morning, I was driving, uh, inconveniently, another road work situation in my area. They're, they're putting a flyover in, uh, which Uh, my son loved, and we were watching that last night, but what it means is there's a 20 minute detour uh, to get anywhere, and so uh, this morning, as I was driving, thinking about the color yellow, I was shocked at the amount of yellow street signs that I saw on the way. I was looking during the week, and it's actually a fact that if you have a yellow sign with black writing, that is the most clear way what you can see from the furthest distance away. So you'll notice often our street signs are yellow uh, with black writing, and if they're not uh, yellow with black writing, they have a yellow pole, uh, and the idea is, is that you would be able to see that from a distance, it will create awareness. Uh, awareness is a good thing. Uh, uh, being able to, uh, you know, be alert to a uh, flyover going in, all the roads being closed. That's where all the yellow signs were coming from. detour uh, road closed. Uh, go this way. And it was helpful. I was able to follow the yellow signs to get my way to church this morning. But Hank, when he was here, mentioned uh, the movie Jaws, and I was quite interested in this. He said. There is a huge amount of yellow used in the movie Jaws. Uh, and so I did what a, any good person did and Googled that. And I found this Vimeo uh, video that someone had created and it went for far too long, but uh, I was already down the rabbit hole, so I watched it. But he was going through all the different colors uh, that are deliberately used in this movie to uh, provoke emotion to get your attention. And the most famous scene is the beach scene in Jaws, right? And you look everywhere and there is yellow everywhere, yellow hats, yellow bathers, there's yellow cars. And the idea will be that it will grab your attention. And we live in this world where there are things screaming for our attention all the time, that we are aware, that we are connected more than ever before. Did you know that we have 126 different awareness days, weeks, months, in 2019, and that was like, the person who wrote that article was like, there's a huge disclaimer that I could have missed some. You know, like Mental Health Week, all these different things, 126. That's more than there are weeks in the year. We are aware of what is going on. You know that the average person has 7.6 social media accounts. Now, I was talking to Josie before, we couldn't even figure out that there were seven social media platforms. Does anyone have 7.6 social media accounts at all? Does anyone have less than 7.6 social media accounts? So there's a few people with some fake accounts going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got like, you know, this one, and then a secret one over here. And that's a lot of awareness that is in our world. And here is the good thing. Bing. we wanna be aware. We want things to grab our attention. We want things to guide us. But here's the thing. When we have a little bit too much yellow, it can cause us a little bit too much awareness, a little bit too much alertness to what's going on. It can actually cause us to take a step back. And, and kind of what yellow can represent in this, in this way is the emotion of fear. The yellow, too much yellow, uh, being too aware, too alert sometimes of all the different things that can happen can cause us to shrink back because of fear. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, the other week, uh, youth had had their camp up at, the, up at the farm, which was an awesome time. And we'd left something up there, and one of the boys left a, a box on this stage for me, and it had a, a processor in it. And so, uh, you know, church was uh, about to start or whatever it was. And I grabbed the box and I walked out the back, and I confidently walked out with the box and I put it on the ground. And then I sort of noticed in the corner of my eye something on the box moved. And uh, what the farm is notorious for are like hand sized uh and one appeared on that box. And so I was quite happy, I knew what I was carrying, I knew, and then suddenly I was filled with fear. I, I cannot stand spiders. And, and so uh, I felt fairly safe in this building and fairly happy and was like, felt comfortable doing my job. And, and now I couldn't get out of the door fast enough. I was like, is there a match anywhere? Can, you know, can we just burn the place down, start again? The build, the build process seemed pretty good, right? Let's just do it again. Uh, this place is corrupt. And uh, I went to grab a stick and come back and take care of my friend the spider, and he was gone, right? So for days, I'm going out the back there and I'm like, the lights are off, getting a big torch, like shining it everywhere, checking all the, instantly filled with fear that in a room I would walk in all the time, confidently in the dark, know where the switches are, don't even have to turn the light on. Now I have this awareness of something in the background that's, what's it done? It's created fear. Uh, I eventually forgot about my friend until the next Sunday. I was standing down here just praising God and and out of this little bit of wood right, actually right here, my friend appeared. (laughs) staring into my soul uh, while I was trying to worship. And so I was like quite comfortably in the presence of God, worshiping. And then suddenly I, was, I went to the back and found a service team person. And I was like, there's a spy at the front, man. I just need you to go kill it. And he's like, no way. Like, uh, like he started getting the sweats. And I'm like, bro, it, it's your job. You're on the service team. And he's like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, oh. So I found Dylan Del Pino. He went down the front and he like just kicked it and killed it. And then he was like, yeah, I know, but it was dangerous. and and. And then he goes, don't worry, I've taken care of it. And uh, I said, is it still there? And he goes, yeah, it's on the floor. I'm like, nah. So he goes, and he gets a broom, he like sweeps it up. And then I felt like I could comfortably enter the presence of God again. <laughs> See, here's the thing, a place, totally comfortable with my life, totally happy with what's going on, become aware of something that's not that comfortable for me. And immediately it changes my whole perception of where I am. And fear began to guide my decision making. I stopped thinking about what I needed to think about and started becoming worried about the spider. See, the things for all of us that when we become aware of them, we kind of take a step back. And this morning, we're going to have a a look at a passage of Scripture because I truly believe that God wants us to live big lives. Like the yellow that comes out of our life should be that, that people see it, it gets their attention, it, it makes them aware of a God that maybe they didn't know about. Maybe it makes them aware of Uh, who God is in and through our lives, that our lives should be pointing people towards God. That's the good in the yellow. And and I think God wants us to do that. But you know what, fear, and maybe it's whatever it is for you that kind of triggers that, wants you to take a step back and actually live a smaller life. See, fear wants to lie to us and say, you can't do that. But really, we can. And there's a few kind of things we see in this passage of scripture. We're gonna be looking in Exodus uh, three, a little bit of three and, and mostly four, and this conversation that God is, is having with Moses. And, and God, what does he do? He uses fire to get Moses' attention. He, he puts a bush, a burning bush, and Moses goes and he sees it. And God has this conversation with him about his life and, and starts telling him what he is gonna do and what God wants to do in him and through him. It's this amazing calling that it's gonna, he's gonna basically lead God's people out of slavery and into the land that was promised to them. He's gonna be the one who does that. He's gonna be the man. God calls him and basically says, you are the man. You are gonna do this. And this is how Moses responds. Verse 11, but Moses protested to God. Who am I to speak before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answers, I'll be with you and this will be your sign that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. You know, Moses doesn't just kinda of put up a query to God going like, how might this work out? It says that Moses protested to God saying, who am I? And when you look into this, it's not like, oh, who am I? Like, if you've ever seen the, the movie Zoolander and he stares up at the thing, he's like, who am I? Like, he's not asking the question of like, who am I meant to be? He's like, who am I? That, like, how, who am I? I, I, I'm not good enough. What, what if they question me? Basically, what he's, what he, it's, it's a sign of distrust to the, the calling that he has. And sometimes distrust in ourselves can be good. And this is what Moses has, he has a distrust in himself. But what distrust in ourselves should do is cause us to trust in God. But in fact, he doesn't, it doesn't lead him to trust in God. It actually takes away his trust from God. Like who am I to do this? God has literally set a bush on fire to get your attention. Like he's performed a miracle to get your attention. And then he basically says, you're gonna do this great heroic act. He's like, who, "Like, who am I to be able to do that? So God says to him, just name drop, right? Like he's just given him the ultimate name drop situation. Like tell him God sent you. And, and here's some ways that they'll recognize that. Have you ever name dropped before? Like it, when, it, when it works for you, it's like the greatest thing ever. I remember being like 11 years old and, and I loved the Claremont Football Club. My, my grandfather played for the Claremont Football Club. I used to go to all the games. And I remember it was grand final day and uh, I went in there and I, I, like one of the things he used to do was kind of take me into the, the, like the change rooms before the game and I'd watch the players warm up and. Like it was pretty cool, but it was grand final day and, and my granddad wasn't there, but I was like itching to get into the rooms. And so I just went, as like an 11 year old boy and like just pounded on the door and was like, hey, um, do you know Kevin Klune? Uh He's my granddad. He said I could come in here. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, okay. And, and they just let me in. And then later on, he, he comes in. He's like, how did you get in here? And I was like, well, I told him I was with you. And I'm just in there having a great time, like drinking Powerade and hanging out and watching, watching all this stuff go down. But it, it was only due to a, a name drop. Like I knocked on the door, I'm like, I'm Ryan. They're like, so? But then I name dropped and they're like, oh, okay. Like come right on in. God just tells Moses to name drop because he realizes it's not actually about Moses. It's not about him and how good he is. It's actually about the fact that he's sent by God. See, fear tells us that we have no right to do the things that God calls us to do. So we become alert to all the, the problems. We become alert to like, what if, what if I'm not good enough? What if, what if I'm not enough? What if, what, if, what if I can't do it? And God says, I am calling you to this, Moses. So you just tell people this. You just tell them that I sent you. I, I love that he gives him his eternal name. And this is relevant to us because he says, this is my eternal name. Like generations will know me by this name. I'm calling you, you tell them, and they will recognize. See, God is calling us, each of us, to live big lives. And that would be different for me as it is for you, but He calls us to live big lives, audacious lives. Lives that are like a yellow and black sign that get people's attention and make them alert to what God is doing. And that is relevant for you in your context, no matter how big or small you think your context is. God's calling you to live a big life in that context. Fear says, no, I can't, who am I to do that? I don't trust in my own ability, and you shouldn't, but you should trust in God's calling on your life. If He calls you to it, that's all the authority that you need. Fear wants you to shrink back. You'd think that would be enough for Moses, would have been enough for some people, but not for Moses. It says this, it says Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, Lord, the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Some translations say Moses like ran away, responded with fear. The Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. They will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob really appeared to you. The Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. Moses put his hand in the cloak and when he took it out again, his hand was as white as snow with a severe skin disease, which was leprosy. Now put your hand back in your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in and when he took it out, It was healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they'll be convinced by the second. And if they don't believe you or listen to you after these two, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. You know, Moses is is putting up here with a fear of the what if. But what if they don't believe me? So he starts with, I, I don't think I'm good enough. And God says, I'm calling you so you're enough. And then he's like, well, well what, if, what if? What if they don't believe me? You know what what if kind of fear is? I, I think it's connected to this, it's connected to anxiety. Anxiety is a word that we use all the time in, in our culture. It's, it's something that's becoming more and more prevalent that people suffer with. And, it's, and I saw this statistic, it says, in 2015, 11.2% of the population we're reported to having problems with anxiety. You know, anxiety is, is a what-if fear. And, and we live with fears that are real. We live with th- very real things that, that you, can, you can see and go, yep, like a, a spider on the ground. I'm like, that, that's it for me. I'm like, yep, I'm done. That's, that's a fear. It's there, it's real. What if is like, well, what if there's a spider in here? Like, what if there happens to be one under my iPad? Like, what, what if? What if when I get in my car, there's, there's one in. What if fear was, let me grab it. It causes us to do this. It causes us to live based on what might go wrong rather than focusing on what could go right. It causes us to shrink back and go, well, well this could go wrong. You know, the, one of the biggest ways I, I reckon we see this is, is through Google. Anyone, anyone use Google like when you get a cold? Yeah, I got some symptoms. This is what happens when you use Google. No matter what you have, I have a cold. You're dying. My eye is itchy. You're dying. We live in a what if kind of world where we worry more about what might happen. Moses is worried, what if they don't believe me? Well, what if they did? God has said, go. Oh, but what, what, what if? And there's this long part of the conversation here where, where God gives him three very clear things to use. God tells him that he will equip him uh, the snake, you know, in, in Egyptian time, the, 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 the snake was a sign of power. And I, and I love that it says at first, Moses kind of ran away from it, which I would probably do too if my staff turned into a, like if this turned into a snake, I'd, I'd probably, right on, run. But you know, as a sign of faith and courage. He picks it up by its tail. That's a, that's a I don't know, has anyone tried to pick up a snake by a tail before? One person, right on. Like one in this whole room. He picks it up, and he's like, surely they'll be convinced by that, but if they're not, put your hand in your jacket. He pulls it out, and his hand has leprosy, and, and that's like, not how it is today, that's like an incurable disease. That's like, you've got leprosy, see you later. Like, your life is kinda done, and you can't associate with anyone anymore. You gotta, you gotta, go, live up. You gotta go live on the outskirts, because we don't want that spreading. You're gone, your life as you know it is gone. So he pulls out, imagine, like if you're scared by the snake, imagine what he was thinking when he like saw that on his hand. And then God's like, put it back in your jacket. I'll be like, yep, don't need anyone seeing that. And he pulls it out and it's gone. He goes, so if they don't believe the snake, they're probably more likely to to believe that because everybody knows that leprosy is not curable. But just in case they don't, go to the Nile. The Nile in Egyptian times is is a sign of life. That was their their, their sign of life, you know, vitality, all of that. He goes, grab it, turn it into blood. And what that's going to represent is that God, the God that has sent you, what if they don't believe you? Don't shrink back. Here's another sign that I'm with you, that I'm equipping you, because the God that has sent you has power over life and death. And so they don't believe you because of the staff on the ground and the snake and your courage to pick it up and turn it back into a stick. If If they're not convinced by the leprosy, they'll be convinced that the God has sent you has power over life because you've turned their life source, their life sign into blood. See, we deal with so many what ifs in our mind and they cause us to shrink back. They cause us to wanna play it safe. They cause us worry. And God's like, just deal with the facts that I've sent to you. Live your life knowing that I will equip you with what you need wherever you go. Moses still not convinced. So he pleads with God, so he starts in protest. Now he's pleading to God. I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. I relate, Moses. The Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? It is, not the, is it not I the Lord? Now go, I'll be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. You know, fear wants to say to you that you're not good enough. Who am I to do this? I don't have the authority, I don't have the, the strength. What if something goes wrong? What if they don't believe me? What if this happens and and we live in this spin? And then he turns around and basically saying, "I, I have weakness, I'm not good enough. Like my weaknesses disqualify me. And God says, I'll be with you. In fact, I'll just tell you what to say. You know, with God, it doesn't matter how weak you are, you're enough. It doesn't matter what weakness you think you have. Fear tells you that you'll make a mess of it. Fear will tell you that, you're not good enough. Maybe you can't speak well enough. Maybe you're not good enough at your job for that thing. Maybe, maybe you've made a mistake in the past. Maybe you're living in things that you've done wrong in the past. And God says, actually, it's not about, again, we make it about us. Fear is always about us. And He's like, I'll be with you. I'll tell you what to say. Yes, you have weakness, but because of me, you are enough. I think sometimes some of us need to walk in that a little bit more and realize that because of who God is in our lives, that actually that we're enough, that we might've made mistakes in the past. Here's the other great thing, you're probably gonna make one tomorrow. Like I'm guaranteed to make a mistake tomorrow, 100%. 100% I'll come up against something. If I'm trying to live a big life, I'll come up against something that maybe I can't do, that I haven't done before, that's gonna make me wanna quit because I I, I don't think necessarily I'm gonna be able to pull that off. You know what living in that does? It goes, whoop, I'm just gonna take a step back from that. It's gonna let things be a bit smaller. Moses is pleading with God now, please, just get someone else. I love that God doesn't let him off the hook. No, 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 I'll be with you and that will be enough. God is enough for you. But old Moses, he keeps on pleading and he says this, Lord, please send anyone else. Anyone else? And then the Lord became angry with Moses. Now you know you're in trouble, right? Like, you know, like for a while, God's like reassuring and he's nice. He's like, don't worry, just tell them I sent you. Name drop all the way. What if something goes wrong? Here's what you do if something goes wrong. There's more for you to rely on here. There's substance for you to rely on. Oh, but I'm not very good. Oh, I'm not looking for someone good. Don't worry. I'm good. I'll go with you. Please just send someone else. And then God gets angry. (laughs) What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you. I love the the timing of that. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him, put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak. He will instruct you both in what you do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece. And I will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I've shown you. You know what fear says? Send anyone else. Living a fearless life says, I'm not sure, but I want to go. I'm not sure this will work out. I'm not sure that I'm good enough. I'm not sure I have what it takes. Sure, there's a lot of what ifs going on here. not sure about this, but you got two options, to back off and live a small life or to go, I'm not sure, I'm just going to step into this and trust God. See, what Moses' fear has done here has pretty much brought him to a place of disobedience. And I think that's why God, that's why as I read this, I think God actually got mad with him and stern with him because it, it, was, it was starting to go towards, my fear is leading me to disobey God. God's clearly not letting him off the hook. Like he's protested, He's pleaded, and God just keeps going, no, 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 you've got this, you've got this, you've got this, Then he's like, just send someone else, anyone else. Like, in fact, not just someone, Like, just send anyone else. You know, fear will cause us to shrink back and do things that we don't wanna do, that we wouldn't think we would wanna do. I, I don't think I'd wake up in the morning and go, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna disobey God. But you know, so often I think, God's calling us to things and, and wanting us to do things and, and wanting to work in and through our lives. But sometimes because of fear, we, do, we can do the direct opposite of what he's calling you to. And we shrink back again. And God is like, don't, you know, don't act out of this disobedience. I have this big calling for you. There's this great uh, quote from, from Hank that he, he shared when he was when he was here, and, and, and this is really resonating me. It says this, it says, fear is at its most dangerous, if we can get that up there, when it sounds like wisdom. You know what, sometimes fear can actually sound smart. Don't take a risk there. Don't do that. What if, what, what if something goes wrong? No, 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 let that person step up into that. Let that person take a risk. God, get, get someone else to, to, to kind of do that. I, I, I just, I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to take a, a promotion in my job that means more work and more responsibility. What, 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 if I, what if I mess it up? I don't want to. I don't want to change. Like, I, I'm real happy where, where I am now. Yeah, sure, that change could lead to something good, but it, but, but it might also lead to something bad. Oh, well, I'm not sure I have the skills to do that. So I'll just, I, I, I'll just, you know, stay here and comfortable, and it provides, and it's good. And God is saying there is so much more. But we run these fears through our minds and they begin to sound like wisdom. They begin to sound like safe decisions. They begin to, to sound like, no, this will just keep everything okay. And fear begins to sound smart. Because there's no way Moses is walking up that bush and going, you know what, if God asked me to do something, I'm saying, no, for sure. Like, you are gonna be the man in history that took an entire nation of people out of slavery and led them into freedom. That sounds pretty good to me. I'd be like, yeah, the ego in me would be like, yeah, yeah, pick me. (laughs) And he's like, no. (laughs) I, I, I think if he heard that without having to think it through too much, he probably would have been like, that sounds pretty good. But then he starts running all the wisdom through his head. Fear grabs a hold of him. And God has to give him a big kick to get him to take the step. said at the beginning, fear wants to shrink us down, wants to lie to us, to tell us that we can't do the things that God calls us to do, that we can't live these big, audacious lives. Living a fearless life is doing the exact opposite of that and walking in what God has. I don't know your background necessarily, all of you, I don't know where you've come from, I don't know what you face tomorrow, I don't know what life looks like for you. But here's what I do know, is that God wants to get our attention and wants to lead us to places that we would never go without God. He wants us to live lives that we could never live if there wasn't a little bit of risk involved. Wants us to look back and go, I could never have done this by myself. There's no way Moses by himself, he was correct. There is no way Moses could have done what God was asking him to do. If God wasn't sending him and calling him and giving him the authority to do it, if God didn't equip him with with the staff and the the miraculous science to do it, that, that if God wouldn't tell him what to say, he wasn't an eloquent speaker, he was right. Without God in his life, he was definitely set up to fail. But with God in his life, he did something amazing. He changed the course of a nation's Life, because he followed God and led it through. And God at any moment could have gone, yeah, you're right, I will pick someone else. But he didn't. What is it that God wants to do in your life that you're protesting, that you're pleading against, that that you're using wisdom to kind of step away from, that if you just walked into, God would do something great in your life. But because of fear, you're still standing back and going, oh. I'm gonna invite the the team to to come back out. We're gonna gonna spend a bit more time kind of in worship and in song. And when you look at the statistics of our world, all of us in some way, shape or form, have fear inside of us. And that that, that comes out in in different ways, in different forms, in different things. But you know what I I know God calls us to be, is not people that live a life that is fearful, but a life that is fearless. And maybe for you, it's, it might be just a tiny thing. Maybe for you, it's a, a big thing. Maybe at the moment, there's that much fear and anxiety that in your, your life that maybe you, you, you feel clouded and it's, it's hard to even see what that might be, that you just live in, in that bubble. Maybe your fear today is that you just don't think you're good enough, you're not worthy of God, and you're not worthy of the life that He might call you to. You know, that's just fear. And I believe this morning that God wants us to let go of fear and trust in Him. Because He's with you. He's called you. He's brought you here today. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I, and I don't believe it's safe. And I don't believe it is small. And I don't believe... It involves that fear of the what if. Don't get me wrong, a little bit of yellow and a little bit of fear is, is quite good. We're, we're in Bali this week and we took my, I took my son down a water slide that he wanted to go down. He was white knuckling the whole way. And he got to the bottom and he was like, can we, I, I thought maybe like, I don't know, like at one point I thought he was gonna fall out and he like gets, he gets, he's like, let's do that again. And I'm like, oh man, I feel nauseous. Do we have to? You know. And I look and go, sometimes, you know, th- there is real fear in life. And overcoming that sometimes gives you that feeling of, oh, I've accomplished something. There are things to to be worried about. There are real things. There are real obstacles for Moses. Real things to be scared of. And we're gonna have a little bit of that in our lives. But God promises to walk through that with us. It's not a a promise that everything is gonna be okay. There were like some massive hiccups along the way, some huge hurdles, some huge mistakes. Moses was right. wasn't perfect, he had weakness. But God was with him the whole way. You know, it might not all go right for you, but every time in my life I've looked and gone, there's a fork in the road right now and I have to make a decision. Whenever I've made the God decision, whether it's gone right or wrong, I've always looked back and gone, I couldn't imagine what it would look like to go the other way. And then every time I've kind of gone the other way, I'm like, I wish I didn't do that. Why? Why? All right, God's gracious you Come back and go the other way. I believe that God wants us just to let go of our fears today. Trust in Him. You might not trust in yourself yet, but trust in God. You might be still dealing with the mistakes you've made in the past. Today, maybe it's just time to, to let those go and stop driving who you think you are and allow God to walk alongside you begin to restore that so you can begin to see the plans that he has maybe you're just new to all of this and you're like I don't even know what that would look like you know what there's people who would love to journey with you I love that at the end of this when God kind of gets at the end of his rope with Moses and gets angry he's like fine go with your brother he's coming anyway in fact he's already on his way he's going to be stoked to see you he'll help you I'll help you both you know we're not meant to do the journey of life alone we're meant to do it with others and you're not alone you may have come here today by yourself you might have come here today going I don't really know anyone you know what there's a, a, a whole room full of people who are we're in this community together we all have struggles we all have fears we all have things we've got to let go of you know what the best thing to do is to do it together walk the journey, you know the journey is so much less scary when you can go to Dylan and say can you take care of the spider and he does it for me thanks brother one day he'll be scared of something I don't know what it is but when it is I'll find out what it is and I'll help him, but you know the reality is we do this journey of life together and so this morning we're going to sing this song and I'm so happy that you picked this it's uh, No Longer Slaves to Fear you would have probably heard we sing it all the time and it's so fitting for for this moment because fear wants to enslave your life It wants to rob your life, it wants to take away from your life, it wants to shrink your life, it wants to lie to you. And God says, no, 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 don't be enslaved to fear because I am is with you. The God of every generation, forever and ever and ever and ever is right here with you. So don't be enslaved to that. You're a child of God, walk in that. Walk in who He is calling you. You are a child of God, walk in that today. Can I pray for us. God, I thank you. That we don't do this journey by ourselves. We do it with others, we do it with you. And no matter how much we mess up, no matter how much we, we want to step back, no matter how much we feel like we're not good enough, that in you we are good enough. And this morning I pray that as a, a community we would do this life together knowing that we are enough in you that we can support each other, that we can walk in the calling that you have for each of us, that when we're together and when we're scattered, that we would be like those yellow and black signs that point people towards you, that shine your light in this world, that live big, bold, audacious lives because of who you are in us and what you do through us. So this morning I pray that for those of us who struggle with fear and anxiety, Lord, that you would take some of that away, God, that we wouldn't be enslaved by that anymore, but that we would walk in the freedom that you have for each of us. Why don't you stand? We're gonna we're gonna sing this great song this morning, and you know we don't we don't do this all the time, but I I, I just felt to to do this this morning. Uh, that, that picture of